Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Catholic Connect podcast. I'm so glad you joined us here. I hope you're having a blessed day wherever you may be in the Universal Church. We're so blessed to have Alan Smith join us on this episode talking about the legacy and the holy life and example of Venerable Bishop Fulton J. Sheen. And we start with one of my favorite quotes of all time that I think about often from this great and good Archbishop. Unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. There can be no world peace without soul peace. End quote from Venerable Bishop Fulton J. Sheen. What an amazing life and legacy that he's had. You know, I think about the church throughout history and think of St. Paul and the amazing message that he had going all over the place to different churches. Uh, Of course, the early church, just in its infancy, but through modern day technology, Venerable Archbishop Sheen has reached so many people through his YouTube videos, through other recordings, through his books, as many books that he has written and which Alan Smith has uh, uh, so wisely uh, decided to compile and to uh, distribute again to so many more people who are looking for the truth of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, Sheen is just has this, this way, this, this knack of bringing people to the gospel, even though he's passed away well over 40 years ago, but his voice just keeps on ringing throughout history and ringing throughout the church. And really keep in mind those words of, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. That's all that matters is our eternal souls. And we've got to take care of our spiritual lives and realize we are in a battle for our souls and uh, the same battle that our family is in and our friends and, uh, you know, our country. Uh, this is a, a massive battle that we're we're involved in right now. And we need to bring our A game, our A spiritual game, and pray for the intercession of our great saints that want to help us before the throne of God. So Alan Smith, again, just a, a, an amazing voice in our church that uh, has brought a lot of people to Christ through the message of Venerable Sheen. And he continues his great work, his great apostolate, in spreading the message of Bishop Sheen, which is the message of the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to play the role of doorkeeper here and introduce you to my friend, Alan Smith. We'll see you on the other side of the interview, my friends. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. Alan Smith is a fellow Canuck laboring with joy in the vineyard of the Universal Church. Uh, He's a radio host, frequent contributor to, uh, in the Catholic media world, director of the Fulton J. Sheen Mission Society of Canada, and serves as member of the the board of directors with the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Foundation. He's also, of course, a dedicated family man and most importantly, our brother in Christ. Alan Smith, welcome back to the Catholic Connect podcast. Uh, David, it is great to be here. And, uh, you know, from one fellow Canadian to another, uh, again, praise be to Jesus Christ. Uh, We both woke up this morning. I'm in the East End, you're in the West End. And, uh, but still, uh, the church has East and West too. It brings, it breathes from both lungs. But, uh, and uh, speaking of someone who understood East and West, uh, the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen uh, was uh, by ritual in the sense that he, was, uh, of course, uh, very friendly to the Byzantine rite and celebrated the Divine Liturgy. And, of course, we know him, of course, in the Latin rite. And, uh, of course, many have benefited from his writings over the years. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Sheen today and some of his stuff. And uh, I tell you, he's still working on my soul because uh, his his great 
line from uh, his book, Peace of Soul. It was 1949, and he penned these words, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And when I read that, and I thought, yep, he nails it. He nails it. He's come to help us save our souls. And I tell you, whether it's turning away from sin or practicing virtue, uh, Fulton Sheen has advice for all of us. So uh, let's uh, share some of his advice advice today. It's so timely in, in this world that we're living in right now, isn't it? Even in our church, there seems to be a, you know, a lot of confusion. And it's... Uh, uh, just the you know the the zeitgeist of our time. What can you say? It just it is what it is, right? And you know it's it's interesting you bring that up, Alan, about uh, just having feeling the presence of of Bishop Sheen. We talk about the communion of saints. You know, I've I've heard people talk about this with with Saint John Paul II, uh, of course, uh, the Pope of my youth. Uh, you know, when he was uh, Pope, that was uh, I was born in 1981. It felt like he was never going to die, Alan. It felt like he was you know, and when he did pass away god rest his soul it was uh that was really tough for people like we were already in our mid-20s we'd never seen another pope but i know that a lot of people you know around my age express this um this feeling that that he's really watching out for kind of our generation because we were sort of this generation of of saint john paul ii and it seemed like that uh that mission of evangelization uh really needed needs to be put to the forefront today because like he said all that matters at the end is saving our souls and saving the souls of our families and of our children, our communities. That's all that matters. Interesting that uh, maybe I, I brought up St. John Paul II. He had a really neat connection to uh, the good Archbishop as well. And, uh, you know, I guess even, you know, the, you hear these stories too of, of Sheen and, you know, even this delay in the canonization process, which is, a head scratcher for me. You know way more about it than I do, but you know, looking, uh, you know, kind of the lay guy looking at this from afar, saying this really makes me scratch my head. But he endured some uh, internal persecution too uh, back in his day. It wasn't always a bed of roses that uh, that Archbishop Sheen went through, and that sort of manifested itself when Pope John Paul II at the time came and made a visit. Right? I guess was he? Yeah, he would have been the Pope at the time, right? Right. So it was uh, October the 2nd, uh, 1979. Uh, it was, uh, of course, the year that um, um, Archbishop Sheen went to meet the Lord. Um, but again, he was frail. Um, again, he went to the cathedral in New York City um, to with the thousands of others that came to see the Pope that day. And uh, John Paul II, of course, uh, asked for Fulton Sheen. Uh, when he came into the cathedral, he said, where is he? I'd like to meet with him before everything begins. And, uh, you know, Fulton Sheen was uh, up, um, you know, up in the sacristy. Um, but again, they summoned for him and there was that great embrace of uh, John Paul II uh, just uh, um, you know, giving a big hug to uh, Archbishop Sheen. And he whispered those words in his ear to Archbishop Sheen. He said, you have written and spoken well of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, you are a loyal son of the church. And for Fulton Sheen to hear those words from John Paul II uh, was a, a great tribute. But, you know, we know John Paul II said many times uh, he read Archbishop Sheen's books he listened to his talks and practiced his English 
by listening to Fulton Sheen. So, um, and of course they met at Vatican II, um, you know, uh, John Paul II was, uh, again, the Bishop of, uh, I think Krakow at the time. And, um, of course, so they met at Vatican II and had a friendship and they would have dinner together and, uh, enjoy each other's company. And even, uh, you know, uh, Fulton Sheen had his weekly newspaper column and he would write about John Paul II and his writings because he was elected Pope in 1978. And so uh, upon his election, Fulton Sheen started to write about John Paul II. So uh, they were friends, and uh, but they influenced each other. And uh, again, I think when we look at how John Paul II inspired us, and as you said earlier, it's all we knew was him uh, through our you know, young, <laughs> young years, you know, um, but was he not formed by Fulton Sheen? Was he not mentored by Fulton Sheen? I like to say John Paul II was, and he had that influence, not just on him, but so many others. So uh, I thank the good Lord every day for the lives that have been changed and the opinions that have been changed, because I think that's what Archbishop Sheen did for me. He changed my mind. Um, I had different opinions about sin and practicing virtue, but when I read his books, I, I said, wow, this priest gets me, and he speaks at a level that I can understand, and he made my faith, um, uh, what I say, um, doable in the sense that it wasn't this lofty, ambitious climb that I couldn't achieve. Uh, he made it simple. He made it um just something that you could just take every day a little bit of his wisdom. And, and that's what Fulton Sheen was famous for. Uh, short talks, uh, short little newspaper columns. He just wanted to keep continue to say, your life is worth living. Keep doing it. God has a plan for you. Doesn't matter if you're a street sweeper, a brain surgeon. God has a plan. Be of good cheer. Like, uh, I needed it. And he was that parish priest that came into my life. And uh, I thank God every day for him. So, uh, and I think people would give the same uh, nod to say, yeah, he's helped my, my my life. He's changed my mind too on things and to help me in this journey to heaven. Yeah. And that uh, the words that Pope John Paul II gave him that she said that that he uh, he said to, to Archbishop Sheen, I'm sure that gave him a lot of consolation because at the end there was, uh, you know, he still had a lot of uh, uh, a lot of turbulence amongst, uh, especially the leadership of the church in the U.S. Uh, like I said, a lot of people think that it was such a an easy road for him. You know, he's just this great preacher, but in the background there was there was a lot going on. I think that was, uh, uh, would you say, Alan, that was that was really hard on him too. I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think I, ju I just say to people that, you know, the last 10 years of his life were very difficult. Um, you know, he was assigned to be the Bishop of Rochester in 1966. Uh, those were turbulent times in the United States. The Vietnam War, uh, Vatican II had just finished, and many of the bishops were then now trying to implement some of the changes. Um, and so they were met with resistance. Um, uh, Fulton Sheen, of course, didn't have the greatest skills of being an administrator. Uh, yes, he was a bishop in New York as an auxiliary, but he was busy doing missionary work, his television work. Uh, so when he became to Rochester to administer the diocese, um, it was difficult for him. So those were three difficult years. And then he retired and came back to New York. Well, 
he had been maligned by Cardinal Spellman and other, um, you know, dignitaries and higher ups in the church. And uh, so he didn't come home to a ticker tape parade. Uh, he came home to uh, not being welcome. And his health was starting to deteriorate. He had heart issues and, of course, had to have surgeries uh, in the 70s to fix that. So uh, they were 10 difficult years of retirement. And so uh, Fulton Sheen spent most of his time giving priestly retreats, uh, trying to encourage uh, priests to make a daily holy hour and uh, made the odd cameo appearance on uh, some shows, but uh, still was pretty well um, a retiree, I like to say, a retired bishop living in New York City. So um, uh, again, those last 10 years were hard uh, for Fulton Sheen. But I think of faith and reason, and I think the face of the the face of faith and reason to me is Fulton J. Sheen. You know, when you when you hear him speaking on these uh, many YouTube videos, and I, I know that you've uh, put together so many great works of his as well. But it's just his, um, uh, just the the presence that he has, but also the words that he speaks. And I think it's interesting that um, the central to the to his message, of course, is a relationship with Jesus Christ. But also, what are the reasons that we're um, that we're followers of Jesus Christ? That we're in the Catholic Church. It was uh, he puts it so eloquently and beautifully. And I think today, you know, I was just thinking here in Canada, Alan, uh, for our international listeners, we're struggling with uh, what we call MAID, which is basically euthanasia. And uh, it's not just for older people. A lot of people think, well, it's it's you know, it's just for this older generation. That uh, this seems to be where this attack against life is is uh, being. Uh, mainly uh, directed towards, but now it's in Canada. We're we're including probably someday very soon even the mentally ill at different ages of their lives, and it just seems that um, generally speaking, and it's not just in Canada but also the world, is that the message is that you are not worth your life is not worth anything if for some reason you can't uh, contribute to society in the same way as this person does or that person does. If you have some sort of a disability or you're or you're feeling lonely, or you're just, you have some mental issues that you need to, to sort out, but that doesn't mean that your life is, is worth anything less. All life is so precious. Um, what do you think that uh, Bishop Sheen would say today to the, to the people of Canada, but also the church? We have a lot of work that we need to do, even amongst our own membership, to, to fight against these forces that uh, come against life, don't we, Alan? Right. Yeah, I, I think Fulton Sheen, uh, he would he would always point to the cross. Okay, so what I've figured out with Fulton Sheen is that everything goes through the cross. Everything is looked through the lens of the cross, um, but especially the seven last words that our Lord spoke from Calvary. Um, it, it's kind of like the I, I I coined the phrase. It's the greatest sermon ever preached. Um, yeah, we always think that the Beatitudes is that great sermon, Sermon of the Mount. We, that's all we hear uh, growing up and reading our Bibles. Oh, the great sermon from the Mount. And yes, the Beatitudes, they're beautiful. Uh, they are life lessons. There's so much there. But it was that sermon from Mount Calvary, uh, the words of a dying man, that are the words that we need to pay attention to. And, and so I think Fulton Sheen um, would remind us of the good thief. And it's a great story. There, there's so much there um, in that the good thief 
was suffering. Uh, he was in a bad spot. <laughs> like here he is nailed to a cross, guilty of, uh, you know, his transgressions, paying a price for uh, what he did. And yet he had that moment of clarity where he realized that his pain had purpose. Um, he had holy fear, and that, of course, inspired him to have some hope. But he looked to our Lord and said, remember me, remember me. And I think, you know, when we're struggling, are we saying, Lord, remember me, remember me when you enter your kingdom? Uh, but again, it's that whole uh, idea of, I like to say, the virtue of hope. Uh, Fulton Sheen would say, are you despairing? Look to the good thief. He was in a bad spot. You can, you know, be inspired by his story. Um, I love the good thief, how he was brave. Like he, he corrected his fellow thief. I mean, I, I'm a bit of a coward. <laughs> like, I don't want to admit it to the, your audience, but I think sometimes I'd rather not say anything. I want to cower. Um, but yet the good thief, he looks to his fellow thief and says, hey, buddy, <laughs> I'm using my language here. He's saying, hey, do you not fear God? Like, we're, we're guilty. He's innocent. Um, like, calm down, buddy. <laughs> you know, And, and it almost he was saying, you're asking for the wrong thing. You're asking to be taken down. Stop this pain. I'm asking to be taken up. I want to be with the Lord. And, and that's what Fulton Sheen would encourage us. He'd say, ask to be taken up, not be taken down. Um, he would also say that there's so much wasted pain in hospital wards. Um, again, people not uniting their sufferings with the sufferings of Christ. But again, just Fulton Sheen using that holy example of the good thief, the exchange between our Lord, to inspire us to say, yeah, pain is part of the package, but it's sometimes what makes us see with those eyes of faith, uh, the prize, the prize of our Lord, you know, taking us to heaven. So, uh, and of course he heard those words, this day you'll be with me in paradise. So uh, we hear those words too. So there you go. Just one example of Fulton Sheen giving us inspirations, even though we live in these trying times where you can ask a doctor to kill you and it's legal, which is sad to say, but that's what's happening in our country. It's scary too when you think of a lot of people just not having the family. You know, we have smaller families in Canada today uh, than we used to. You know, there used to be so many children. Our, our population was was growing at, uh, at a very healthy rate, which was good. Uh, and I think it's it's actually interesting to see other people, somebody like Elon, Elon Musk, who is uh, not a Christian at all, but uh, being someone that uh, that stand or speaks out against uh, those who say that we have too many people on Earth, because you know, because we hear that sort of the the prevailing wisdom of the world is that uh, there's too many people in the world, and you know for some reason we're we're taking up resources and space, but uh, without ever acknowledging that God has a special plan for all of us and we have a special vocation. And I don't know which saint it was that said it, Alan, but you know, it was sort of the, there's sort of three phases of our lives where we're young. We, that's the time where we get to learn our faith. We're, we're catechized to evangelize and our hearts are changed. And then we hit the middle part of our life where we find our apostolate and what we're dedicated to, maybe our vocation uh, as, as married people or in the religious life. 
and uh, and focusing on being bringing people to to Christ and, and our own relationship with God and building that up as well. And then that last uh, portion of our life is a life of, of suffering and really to to purify us so that we are ready to to be taken up to God, which is uh, boy, that's a it's a, it's a big mountain to climb sometimes when you look at it when we're at the the certain places we are in our lives. But as we record this, it is the the first day of Lent. Uh, it is Ash Wednesday. And um, it just seems like this is a, a special time, I think, for Catholics. This year, this Lent, there's so many things going on. I, I'm talking about even what's happening in Canada. Alan, we had another church that was uh, set ablaze here in Saskatchewan over the weekend. I think that brings up to almost 100. I think it's like 90, 97 churches that have been um, torched in some way. Some burned right to the ground. Some just uh, just a minor damage. But, uh, but still, there's... Um, there's a lot of room for us Catholics to really take this season of Lent and recognize that this was a, a fallen world that is uh, separated from Jesus Christ in a lot of ways. And we've got to bring that hope of, of Jesus to others in, in some way. And I think the only way we can do that is by embracing that suffering and embracing the cross and bringing that to other people. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it, it does. And, and I tell you, um, you know, we're called to go out and be the salt of the earth, light of the world. Um, but I love what, you know, Fulton Sheen teaches. He would he would always point to uh, people and say, well, okay, let, let's talk about uh, what's beautiful, okay? Um, and, and he kind of take them on a little journey, almost a journey where he pegs them into the corner, but in a beautiful way. And he'd say, you know, Remember, the church was founded by Jesus Christ, and he instituted the sacraments and those beautiful sacraments of baptism and, uh, you know, uh, forgiveness and marriage. And uh, you love those, right? And everybody says, yeah, yeah, I love that holy stuff. That's all beautiful. Uh, But he would say, remember, uh, the church has what I like to refer to as a staffing problem in that many people leave the faith because of somebody. Oh, this priest said this to me and I was offended, or that religious sister was very hard on me. I didn't like that. Or or even somebody at the church who's in ministry uh, did something that just kind of turned them off the, the community. And so people leave the church because of people, uh, because of the staff. But yet Fulton Sheen's saying, no, no, remember why the church was founded. It was founded by Christ to give us the sacraments and it's the sacraments that feed us, that heal us, that help us to get to heaven. And Fulton Sheen would encourage everyone to get back to confession. You know, come and confess your sins. Like he was very adamant in his reflections and his writings, the need for confession, the need to reconcile with God. Uh, there's that famous story where uh, this actress was... Um, uh, came to the church and uh, she said to him, to Fulton Sheen, um, I ask you to promise me that you will not uh, make me go to confession, you know? And he said, don't worry, I won't. I, I promise you, I won't make you go to confession or something. But it was that wrestling. And he brought her into the church and he was showing her a Rembrandt. And then he pushed her into the confessional and heard her confession and she was restored and then she became a religious sister. 
And so uh, it's this idea of the need for the sacraments. Um, he, Fulton Sheen didn't mince words. He just said, you know, the Lord came, you know, he spoke, he healed, he inspired us, but he gave us the sacraments. And uh, we need to go to the sacraments. So to be fed by the Eucharist, to be baptized, to, of course, uh, just live the sacramental life. And um, again, even to the Jews and the Protestants, he would meet them and say, you know, we may not share um, everything in the sense of the same beliefs, but we do have some that we believe that are common to us. So let us pray. Let us read our Bibles. Let us continue to give God his due. Um, and so he was always building uh, just, you know, the solidarity of people. But again, it would never miss that opportunity to say the sacraments, the sacraments, confession, the Eucharist. These are so important. So uh, there you go. And I, and I heard you mention this before, but he had such a connection to people because uh, of all the confessions that he heard. He he really had uh, his finger on the pulse of what was going on in culture and society and the struggles that Catholics had in their lives. And I, I think that uh, that that perspective really um, uh, was really came to uh, to uh, to light whenever he was doing his preaching. Right, he just seemed to have such a an amazing connection to the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a secret weapon. Hearing those mm -hmm. confessions, uh, and everybody would say. Why does he know what's going on? Like, how, what's going on? Well, he was in the confessional, hearing our woes, and of course, proposing solutions. And those solutions were, you know, Christ, the sacraments, the scriptures. It's all there. It's all there. Um, sometimes we have to, um, you know, keep it simple. You know, <laughs> they say keep it simple, stupid, but uh Keep it simple. And that's what Fulton Sheen did. He kept it simple. And, um, you know, sometimes it's right there in front of our eyes. We just have to um, be reminded. And, and that's why watching his old videos are so refreshing. Picking up his books are just, um, they're edifying. I, I love reading his little books. Um, they're just what I need. And uh, I started to, you know, I look at certain people who I thought were holy. And I said, wow. I want to be like them. And so there was this one religious sister in Peoria that I had met, and there was something about her that I just said, man, I want what you got. What's your secret? And she said, I've been reading Fulton Sheen every day of my life for, not every day of my life, for the last 25 years. And that's why I have this peace and this calm. She says, I just read a little bit every day. That's all I do. And um, she actually is the um, behind the uh, the Facebook page of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Uh, that little pa Facebook page that has 500,000 followers is a religious sister who reads Sheen every day. So she can do Sheen quotes like nobody else. And yet her holiness and her peace is just reading a few minutes of Sheen every day. So uh, I took her up on her challenge and I've been trying to do that for the last 10 years, at least of my life, and it's paying bit dividends. So um, I recommend it to everybody that's listening to the Catholic podcast, read Sheen, watch Sheen, listen to Sheen, and you'll find a piece of soul that uh, is like no other. So uh, there you go. Isn't there a book called Daily Sheen or a, a day, it's just sort of a daily yeah. reflection with uh with Bishop Sheen? Yeah. Yeah. And there's been about four publishers who have 
picked up on that need for pithy sayings. Um, there's been a few, uh, what I call a year with Fulton Sheen books. Um, I, I think of three of them that come to mind, one through Ignatius Press, one that Matthew Kelly put out, and um, there's another one. And I published uh, God Love You, The Best of Fulton Sheen, which is a bunch of his pithy little sayings. And I think we live in a society now that can only handle short, concise uh, notes. Um, they don't want the 400-page novel. Uh, they want a daily passage, just a one paragraph, and that's it. That's all. And you know what? Fulton Sheen's got thousands of those. So um, uh, there we go. Um, and that's where he met society. He knew our attention spans were not that great. And well, so, maybe uh, a good introduction to him too, right? And you're right. There's just so many of these. Uh, he said, "Good, a good word to put is, is pithy sayings. These little slogans that we see so often, and uh, they 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 come across from the world as something that's really deep and something to ponder. But they're just so empty. They're morally neutral. They're just they're just nothing, right? Whereas I think if we get these little these little sound bites, sometimes these little quotes, something to to even meditate on or think about, whether that's from uh, the lives of our saints too." Uh, but of course, from Bishop Sheen, it's just um, he packs uh, such a, a punch with such small, such a small amount of words. It was always, you know, really the quality of those words versus the quantity. Uh, even though he, of course, wrote many books too. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's so good. You know, Sheen talks a lot about virtue, and just thinking a lot about that here as we're in this Lenten season, and we you know we read about virtue, and we get the warm fuzzy feelings all the time about you know how great they are to be a good virtuous person. But virtues, they really, they don't come without practicing in prayer. And I think that's really important because I know for myself, you know, you, you look at virtues and you say, oh, those seven virtues, I, you know, I, these all sound so great. I, I, I want to be an expert at, at each and every one, but it, it really takes a long time. Whereas a vice, it's just so easy to be slothful and sitting on a couch, uh, eating pizza and watching sports or something, right? Where someone like me, I can spend time with my children and my wife or, you know, just uh, or even going to the convenience store and buying junk food, right? Uh, gas up the vehicle. I'm going to go in. I'm going to get some some candy or something like that. Um, and of course, you know, even something like like lust that so many men struggle with. Uh, it's, it's so easy. There's so many temptations, and it's very easy for us to to simply give in to those uh, those suggestions from the evil one. So there's a. Uh, it doesn't take very long for someone to to become uh, riddled with vice, but it sure takes a long time to be uh, to be a virtuous person, Alan. And I think this Lenten time, it's it's a great time for us to to just take that that step back, realize we're not going to be super virtuous person in the next hour, but boy, we can certainly start right now with a life of prayer and and go on that journey towards being a person of virtue, which is exactly what our Lord wants us to do, right? Right. And you could, um, you know, this is the advice I give at men's conferences. I say to the men, okay, you know how to avoid sin. You kind of know what the seven deadly sins are. Um, you know, anger, envy, lust, um, laziness, greed. Um, you know, even I can't always remember them all, you know, by heart. But we all get the seven deadly sins. We get it, you know, and we know how to avoid them and how to amend our lives. But to ask someone what the seven virtues are, they maybe can't even name them. And so what I say to them is, okay, uh, practice one virtue every day through the week. 
And so mark them on your calendar, okay? Mark uh, the virtue of fortitude uh, as one of them, you know. Mark uh, the virtue of hope as another one. Uh, the virtue of prudence, uh, the virtue of faith, uh, the virtue of temperance. Uh, that's a scary word today <laughs> for the virtue. And then the virtue of justice and the virtue of charity. So these seven virtues, you go like, I never, I never received a catechesis on virtue. Like, I never received a, a lesson on how to be prudent. Uh, I, I, okay, I've heard of temperance. You know, I, I know that I need to cut back. So, temperance, yes, but you know, prudence and hope and fortitude. Um, I'm still looking for the Coles notes on that, and I did find the Coles notes, and it was Fulton Sheen. Because in 1940, he gave his series of Lenten reflections on the virtues, and he's, he tied them into the seven last words. And he says, okay, I'm going to give you an anchor. I'm going to help you uh, with this. And, uh, you know, let me do it for you so that um, you can apply it in your own life. And so you go, okay, okay, I'm all ears, Fulton Sheen. Let me have it. Let me have it. Let me figure out how to do these seven virtues. He goes, okay, here's the deal. Okay, fortitude, right? being a man, standing up, courage, all that stuff. I want you to remember the words from our Lord, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now there's a man with fortitude. He's forgiving his enemies. He's the example you need. Christ bore his cross, carried it um, to Calvary. He had that fortitude to go and to lay down his life, to make that sacrifice. So, Use Jesus as your example. He's the man that's going to teach you how to practice the virtue of fortitude. He's going to teach you how to forgive your enemies. He's going to show you how to go to the foot of Calvary. There you go. Okay. All right. I got that now. Okay. But what about this uh, hope thing? Well, good thief. Let's talk about that. The good thief had hope. Yes, he was afraid. Yes, he was about to die. But he had that hope. And you too, when you're struggling and you need to practice that virtue of hope, look to the good thief. Look to those words from our Lord. This day you'll be with me in paradise. So, okay, can you can you do that? Yes, Fulton Sheen, I can do that. That I can make that work. Okay, how about we do the prudence thing? Okay, okay, what do we do here? The Blessed Virgin Mary. You know, like that was the most prudent thing I ever did was leaving her with you. Because I thought, if there's anybody to take care of God's children, it's going to be with her, with the Blessed Virgin Mary. And I always remember my mother would say to me as I leave the door, son, don't do anything that your mother would be ashamed of. And I go, yes. I have to have that same philosophy with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Don't do anything that the Blessed Virgin Mary would be ashamed of. Do the prudent thing. Do what's right. And so the Blessed Mother is going to help us practice the virtue of prudence. And so there you go. Like I, here I've explained these three virtues in just two minutes. But again, this is what Fulton Sheen does so beautifully. And, um, you know, I can continue with the other four. Uh, but it's this idea of the seven last words have the answers and the Coles notes and the suggestions to help us to be inspired to practice the virtues. You know, when I think of just the virtue of faith, 
um, our Lord is saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We, we think this is the dark moment where the sun wasn't shining, uh, darkness covered the earth, and our Lord's crying out to God. But he's reciting the psalm that begins with despair, but ends with victory. And so he has that faith that this dark night of the soul has to happen for there to be light at the end of the tunnel. So uh, again, to have faith and know that God says it's okay to ask that question of God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But to have the virtue of faith. So there you go, that connection there. Of course, temperance, we think of the words, I thirst. Our Lord is thirsting for relationship with us. And um, again, we're thirsting for football and hockey and all of the other things, uh, just success of the world, but he's thirsting for us. So uh, the more we can deny ourselves here in this earth, the more we can acquire things of heaven. And so uh, there you go. Those, you know, That's the fifth word from the cross, but to help you with that virtue of temperance. And, and of course, the virtue of justice. This was one I struggled with going, what does he mean by justice? Like the virtue of justice. And it's simply just giving God his due. Um, we don't give God his due, uh, his, his pride of place. Um, we don't give him thanksgiving enough. You know, we should be thanking God every day for what we have, uh, our, ta- our talent, our, our gifts, uh, all of these things, the country we live in, like the air we breathe, but it's to give God his due. Um, you know, our Lord on the cross says, he's saying, it is finished. Um, he's completed the mission. He was giving God thanks. He was returning uh, to the Father. Uh, but I think this is what we struggle with, is are we giving God his due? And so the virtue of justice is so important. Our Lord's saying it is finished. He's completed the mission that God the Father asked him to do. And and lastly, there's that virtue of charity. Um, and that comes from uniting our will to God's holy will. Jesus was saying, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He was giving him, again, his all at the end and uniting his will to God's holy will. And I think if we unite our wills to God's holy will, we're going to be charitable. We're going to be generous. We're going to do that. Uh, but again, do we wake up in the morning saying, I want to do God's holy will? No, we usually wake up and say, I got this to do, that to do, this to I got stuff for me to do. It's about my will. Um, but yet, if we can unite our will to God's holy will and ask the Lord, what would you like me to do? And how can I give of myself for your kingdom. Uh, there is the answer there in the seventh word from the cross. So uh, again, seven last words, seven virtues, uh, a, a short <laughs> meditation, but there it is. There is the answer. There's the inspirational story uh, to help you to pick up your cross and follow the Lord to practice virtue. And uh, again, Fulton Sheen nailed it in 1940 when he uh, put these words out over the, the airwaves on the Catholic Hour but he turned these reflections into books, which we can read today. So we are blessed. We truly are. That's for sure. I think it's interesting point of prayer. And I think it, it's connected to charity too, is that I know for myself, usually I'm ask, ask, asking and not being very thankful for what I have and never actually praising God too. I think that's something that I know I've omitted or forgotten about, or just don't think about often enough. 
where it really should be in reverse order. We should be praising God first, praising him for um, how great he is. We talk about the fear of the Lord. Well, it's just, it's it, it's tied to giving God his due. He is so great. It's having that, um, it, it's not even the right word to say it, but that healthy respect and love for what our spot is on this world, right? Where, where we're at, who we are as as just human beings and just, um, you know, creations of God that uh, we rely on him for every breath that we have. But when we're, when we praise the Lord first for the, for his goodness and his, his uh, magnitude, his greatness. Right. And, you know, we're in that holy season of Lent. And so we, we know in our heart of hearts that we need to do more spiritual stuff. And, and I always remember that challenge that was given to me at a men's conference, uh, Bible before breakfast, Bible before bed. And if we just practice that holy discipline of saying, I can't eat my bread and peanut butter until I have the, you know, the word of God, um, you know, food for the journey in that way of the, uh, just the word of God, just feeding our souls and our minds. Um, again, we're not doomed for failure, but let's just say life is a lot better when you get into that holy habit of Bible before breakfast, Bible before bed, going to bed with the word of God on your mind is so healthy. And another little um, challenge that was given to me was get down on your knees before you're allowed to slip in between those covers, that your last act uh, before you, you know, finally go to sleep is that you're on your knees. And it's pretty simple to do that. I do it every night. I just get on my knees for a few moments and I say the simple prayer, you're God, I'm not. And um, let's just uh, keep it at that, you know, to say, I, and, and acknowledge that he is God, I'm not, but to ask for his blessing and to go to sleep in peace, but getting down on your knees, it's, it's something uh, that's very good. So uh, those simple challenges of Bible before breakfast, Bible before bed, uh, makes a world of difference. And if you want to add a little bit of sheen reading into that too, you can, but Fulton Sheen would always point us to the Word of God and say, we need to read our Bibles, and there's so much there. And so, especially during the Holy Season Lent, we could try to practice that new holy habit. For a lot of us, it will be new. Uh, we have never even you know, embarked on that journey of reading the Bible every day. I think sometimes we go to Mass and we say, I, I heard the Scriptures. I know the Bible. I go to Mass. I, I hear the Old Testament, New Testament, and the Psalms every day. I go to Mass. Well, yeah, but are you pondering? Are you reflecting? Um, and repetition's good. It's good. <laughs> you get to know it. So uh, there we go. But uh, those holy habits that we can develop during the season of Lent, uh, Scripture is one of them. So we need to do that. And I think during Lent too, sometimes I know for, for myself that it's like, well, I'm going to give up candy or chocolate or something like that. And for me, I know I've got to give that up, not just it's not just for spiritual. I, I've got to do that just to stay healthy and I'm probably eating too much candy anyway. So it's not sometimes just giving up something, uh, even though that's really important that we do give something up and it can be something very small. It can be a sacrifice of some sort, but also in a way that we can grow in our relationship with God. So I think it's important what you said there, Alan, about reading scripture every day. That's something that we can do during Lent. And then the the uh, the purpose of doing that during Lent for that 40 days is that so you can develop good habits. So say you are eating a little too much candy. 
well, maybe you're not going to eat as much when Lent is done. Same thing with scripture. If you're not reading scripture right now, or if it's not a regular part of your day, the thinking is, is when Easter comes, Easter Monday, you're not going to stop. You're going to just keep on going, right? That's what we want to have. We want to develop holy habits during this time. So when it comes to scripture readings, and I'm sure Sheen would say, like all of us, the best way to do that is to just have a Bible, you know, not, not have it collecting dust on your coffee table, but actually opening it up and reading it. But for people that maybe want a little bit of help or have somebody read it to them, I know we've got, you know, Father Mike Schmitz has that fantastic podcast of a Bible in a year. And I know so many people that have uh, picked up so many great fruits from that because he does go through the Bible in a year. And it's something to kind of keep you accountable. Everybody's got their phone on them anyways. You may as well use, uh, you know, a weapon that can be uh, used for evil purposes for something good. And that certainly is something good. Um, but is there anything that uh, that Bishop Sheen, did he ever have like some uh, reflections too on scripture? You know, sometimes he had these commentaries on on Bible and scripture. But does he did he ever have anything like that? Well, I, he was very big on, you know, reading the New Testament and um the four Gospels. Um, of course, he thanked uh, his writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, yes. when he accepted Famously. his Emmy, yes, yeah. <laughs> the Emmy Award speech. And if he was um, mindful enough to thank those writers, um, you know, he, of course, would encourage us to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because it's getting to know Christ and understanding him. And this is what Fulton Sheen did in every one of his reflections. He would maybe talk about, you know, things of the world, but would always bring it back to Christ. You know, we we think of thanking God for our talent and the many gifts we have. And so, of course, he would talk about giving God thanks, but he would remind people of the story in the Bible where Jesus healed 10 lepers and only one of them came back to thank him. And he'd ask the rhetorical question, are you one of the nine who didn't thank him? You know, and our Lord suffered this agony to say, wow, I did that for 10 people and only one came back to thank me. And so you feel sorry for our Lord. You realize he suffered. And again, you draw closer to him. But again, using the scriptures and the life of Christ to remind us uh, that he loves us. So uh, again, the stories of Jesus found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and to uh, another degree, the Acts of the Apostle, there that's important to read too, but again, the New Testament. And so um, we need to get to know Christ so that we can love Christ. And uh, Fulton Sheen was an ambassador of Christ, and we're called to be those ambassadors too. So uh, if I'm an ambassador to a country, I know everything about that country. So if I want to be a good ambassador of Christ, I get to I need I need to get to know who Jesus is and how I get to know him is reading the gospels. So uh there you go. And the gospels don't take that long. That's the beautiful right. part about it. Mm-hmm. Uh it doesn't take that long to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So there you go. Now you can easily do it throughout the Lenten season. You know, you could probably even if you read one chapter a day, you could probably get two of the gospels completed. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, there are twenty, twenty five chapters, right? And and there's so much uh that's just so much beautiful uh, content there as uh, as we do this podcast from Jesus Christ himself and the, and the miracles in, in his life. It was, uh, it's so important that we read that. And sometimes it's nice to be reminded about them when we're going to Mass on Sunday and we hear the Gospels. But boy, to, to get uh, a story of Jesus and his life and 
uh, every day uh, digging into scripture, especially in the gospels. It's uh, so edifying for us, for sure. Sheen was a real unifier too. Uh, and, and we see a lot of division uh, in the world today. Um, I think that was one of his uh, sayings too, is that, uh, you know, the sign of the, the diabolical, one of them was, uh, was the sign, was a division, violence, and I think love of nudity. I think those were the three things that, uh, that he said, right. Uh, Alan, one of his, one of his quotes. Yeah. Um, right. And yeah. No, go, you know, again, and he warned us, uh, you know, a lot of people point to, you know, his prophecies. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think what he was doing was he was just telling us scripture again, <laughs> you know, yeah. telling us those stories in the Bible that can relate to today. And yes. so when we see, you know, the demons wreaking havoc and the possessions and the nudity and the vulgarity, uh, the profanation of God's holy name, all of these things, um, again, Fulton Sheen was just repeating what had happened centuries past. It's still happening today. And the answer is still the same. We need Christ. And the demons in Scripture say, have you come to torment us? (laughs) You know, that they would um, shriek when our Lord came because they knew uh, their time was up and that the Lord came to cast out the demons and to defeat the devil. So, um, uh, we too can call on Christ to uh, be our champion, um, but again, it's uh, it's sad to say that uh, we just see too much of it in today's world. So um, we've been called through the I want to say the uh, the grace of our confirmation to become soldiers for Christ. So um, do we remind ourselves that we are soldiers for Christ? And and I think the most painful thing for me is to see the division in our church too, or. A lot of us have the same core beliefs that, you know, the things that are, that are, uh, that are central to our faith, even, you know, the belief in the real presence of the Eucharist, a lot of us, are, you know, we agree in all those things. And, um, but then there's, uh, it seems especially online and this, uh, the, the advent of the internet, there seems to be a lot of infighting and it, it's really sad to see that. I think when, when the outside world looks at that and we don't really get a lot of looks from them sometimes, let's, let's face it, it's. When we get those looks, it's we got to take advantage of those in a in a good way, in a holy way, to have that united front. But yeah, that division. What, what do you think Sheen would say about that? And just uh, kind of this this war among clans. It seems sometimes in our church, which is uh, I know, like I said, personally, it's really difficult for me to see. I just think there's right. it's so important now that we are, we have a, a un, unification when we're presenting our message of the gospel to the world, isn't it? Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's funny. I was um, you know reading the scriptures and um and i was reading sheen and you know he he talked a great deal about paul's um uh, line from scripture where he says um i only want to know christ and him crucified i only want to know christ and him crucified and if i'm paraphrasing it's almost like he's saying you know i'm not here to preach about christ glorified not here to preach about Christ, the nice guy, not here to preach about Christ, the peacemaker, but to preach about, preach about Christ and him crucified. Um, I think this is where the division comes is that, oh, you just want to keep preaching the seven last words, the cross. Um, I want, I want Jesus, you know, glorified, Jesus resurrected, Jesus in heaven. And I want peace. Well, that's not what the scriptures are pointing to. Uh, we need to preach Christ and him crucified. And when we look at 
the value of the mass and how the mass is the source and the summit of our lives, um, it's Calvary reenacted. The mass is Calvary reenacted. It is preaching Christ and him crucified. And I think this is where the division is. People want the soft and easy um, Catholicism, <laughs> the warm and fuzzy Christianity. But yet the scriptures keep pulling us back to preaching Christ and him crucified, uh, the cross. And uh, that will always be the divisive force in the church is there's going to be those that want to uh, focus in on the cross and the power of the cross and how God gave us the Eucharist uh, during, you know, the passion. And uh, again, so much is there. But yet we want to have what I call designer religions. We want to make religion suit us. And if we keep doing that and trying to have uh, churches that suit our preferences, uh, we'll never be united. So we need to mm-hmm. go ban- go and rally under the banner of the cross. And once we do that, then there'll be peace. So mm. um, I don't know if that makes sense. No, but let's pray for that during Lent for sure. I think we really, really, yeah. really need that in our church today. So we do. Uh, I think there's a, you know, I look at the outside outside world, this the secular world that we live in, uh, just the nature of my job. And I know you used to work in a secular job too, where you ran into all kinds of different people, but there's a real uh, hunger for truth which is, of course, Jesus Christ. Anything that's true, it's eventually going to lead people to Christ because Jesus is the truth personified. There's a real hunger for that because I think there's there's not just people in our own church. I mean, I look out there and I say, man, it's a little scary what's going on out there. It it can uh, can rattle your your um, your your security and, and feeling that um, you're just not as as courageous as maybe I could be for sure. Uh, I got to keep praying for that in my life, but I think that that people that don't have hope in Jesus Christ and they're not Christians and look at uh, the way the world is, it's a scary time for them. They're like, what, what is the purpose of life? What, what, what are we doing here? And for us to, to be that, that beacon of light to them, it's just so important that we live in a state of grace, isn't it, Alan? So that we can, we can be ready because God desires all people to come to him through the church. And, uh, you know, we, we could be the, like I said, the only Bible that anybody ever sees. And we just really have to pray for, um, the grace to recognize those instances and those opportunities to be that light of Christ to other people. We can't, uh, throw those opportunities away. I know when I do that, um, an examination of conscience at the end of my day, um, you know, I look back and I was like, man, I thought I had a pretty good day, but I look back, I could have, I could have been a better example here. I could have said something to someone over here. The sins of omission can really pile up on us. Right. And, and that's something that, um, I think it's, it's important too, that for our listeners is that, uh, I know for, for myself, I've really started to have to confess that. And some of that's not mortal sins, but these are the things that can accumulate their sins against charity, right? It's that you, you need to, to confess. And then when you get that grace from confession, it's going to build you up and fortify you and give you the grace for the next time when you have those opportunities that you can do exactly what God wants you to do. So, um, again, this is just a, a real um, a special time, I think, in, in the church for, for us that are here that we need to, to recognize that uh, the time is now to really live that sacramental life and, and to, uh, to draw closer to Christ. Well, I'd be remiss, Alan, to not ask you about how things are going with the canonization of Bishop Sheen. I don't really heard much about this in the last couple of years. 
it is what it is, I guess. And, and history will one day, I'm sure, point to Bishop Sheen and call him a saint. Um, I think it'd be just such an amazing gift for our church right now. But of course, it's not God's time. He's in control of everything, right? So, but where, where are we at in that process? Yeah. I'd like to say that there is promising news around the corner. It's, um, you know, I have to just say to people, like, let's let let us assess what has happened here. And and I think they understand the politics of the church. They understand the the nature of uh, the courts. Um, we live in complex times. Um, I like to say there's too much complexity, some, you know, which interferes. And, and I think, you know, people who followed the cause and said, oh, the miracle was approved by the Vatican, the miracle of the young boy that was dead for 61 minutes and came back to life and has no brain damage is, you know, a beautiful boy. Um, you know, the church, like, I don't understand why they paused this cause and why they haven't set a new date yet. And and again, we live in trying times where, uh, sadly, the courts have a say. Um, the courts kind of run society sometimes, and you'd hate to say that, but it's true. And we gave the power to the courts when we elected these officials and when we uh, gave them the power to govern us. And so, um, sadly, in the United States, um, there is uh, this drawn-out process of uh, clearing someone's name. You know, you're... We'd like to say you're innocent until proven guilty, but sometimes I think uh, the reverse is there, is that you're guilty until you're proven innocent. And so we've been meeting with the Vatican uh, quite a few times, and of course they're enthusiastic about us having a new date, uh, but I think in America they're waiting for, uh, again, some documents from the New York uh, State Attorney General's office. Um, we know that uh, Sheen is clean, that we like to say, uh, that's our new catchphrase. <laughs> so we're going to have t-shirts made up saying Sheen is clean because, you know, there was this, <laughs> um, uh, like I say, this um, uh, innuendo or <laughs> this reference to say maybe he, you know, didn't do the paperwork correctly in Rochester or maybe he uh, made a mistake. Uh, but we know that not to be true because we do have the records of how his handling of different cases in Rochester when he was there. And so um, so we know that his name will be exonerated once again because it was exonerated the first time when the uh, the cause of the saints in the Vatican looked at all the paperwork of his years in Rochester, his years in New York, and his life story. So um, we know that Sheen is clean. We like to say that. But um, again, we were spoiled with John Paul II. We were spoiled with Mother Teresa. We've been spoiled with even Brother Andre in Canada. Um, we get these saints pretty quickly, it seems, um, especially with John Paul II. With uh, When John Paul II came on, on board, how many saints and blessed did he beatify and canonize? Thousands. Uh, we got spoiled because every month there was another celebration of saints uh, from all different parts of the world. And so we go from that to the pontificate of Francis, which is a different speed, a different pace. Um, there's not as many canonizations and beatifications during his pontificate. So uh, we were spoiled. We were spoiled. And I think that's what's sometimes we're souring on. We're going, man, I wanted that yesterday. I wanted that celebration. Uh, and, you know, 
his canonization or beatification we thought was going to take place in 2014 um, when the miracle was um, again documented by the commission of the cause of the saints. And then there was the wrestling over Fulton Sheen's remains, which took five years. We lost five years in the courts wrestling over his physical remains to have them transferred from New York to Peoria. And so now we're wrestling another five years, it seems, with the courts of America to prove our innocence. And um, and so, again, it's sad to see these delays, uh, but at the end of the day, we know uh, the miracle can't be reversed. It's a done deal. It's just the politics of society and the church that sometimes delays the date that we want. So this is, again, in God's perfect timing, but in my heart and yours and our audience, he's a saint already, and uh, we're just missing the party. That's all we are right now. But uh, we will join him in heaven one day, God willing. Yes. And it's and, important uh, to, to draw that distinction too, Alan, right? Like the, the, the declaration is that he is in heaven. He's just not a, a full saint with the the capital S quite yet, but yeah. he yeah. Uh, most certainly is a, is a saint with a, a lowercase s. So what a blessing! And uh, yeah, yes. you've got a lot of great stuff too, Alan. Do you you have a podcast now too, right? That you're doing? Yeah. Or are you recording yeah. something? Yeah, yeah. I, I've got I've got my hands in a lot of things. So, um, and again, I am just thanking the Lord for opening these doors for me. So I have a weekly podcast called Bishop Sheen Presents. Uh, so Bishop Sheen Presents is heard on Radio Maria in Australia, the Philippines, Ireland and England, the United States and Canada. So that podcast goes out all over the world um, through the Radio Maria network. And Radio Maria is huge all over the world. I mean, they're in every country. So, um, and then of course that podcast is shared on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, like the gamut of, of um, you know, radio uh, podcast uh, hosting. So it goes out there. Uh, I do a lot of what I call cameo appearances on uh, EWTN radio affiliates in the United States. Um, Every Thursday morning, I do uh, a Bishop Sheen Today 10-minute uh, segment, and that's heard on uh, four dozen uh, U.S. radio stations. And so I share a little bit of Sheen's wisdom there. Um, so again, the radio reach is uh, is doing well. And all I do is I, I, I like to say I'm just the uh, the host. I just I greet people at the door. Welcome to Bishop Sheen Presents. Uh, today, Bishop Sheen is going to talk about angels, and I let Bishop Sheen take over. So I just greet people and send them on their way and just say, enjoy the show, enjoy Fulton Sheen's wisdom. So uh, my job is easy. I don't have to spend hours writing scripts. Uh, again, I let Fulton Sheen uh, read the script. So uh, again, the podcast Bishop Sheen Presents, and all of this can be found on our website, Bishop Sheen today.com because we need Bishop Sheen today. And so it was easy to name the website Bishop Sheen today. So there we go. And books as well. You can get them all on that website as well, right? Right. I have 45 books. Uh, no, sorry. I, I get ahead of myself here. I have 40 books to my record uh, that I've published with Sophia Institute Press and of course, the little bookstore called Amazon uh, carries another 35 of my books. So, um, uh, and you'll see the Bishop Sheen today 
uh, logo on many of the books. And um, of course, Sophia Institute Press is a, a big publisher in the United States, and uh, they've carried my anthologies, um, which is a collection of Sheen's writings. And uh, again, they're selling like hotcakes during Lent. So, I mean, awesome. everybody loves Fulton Sheen for Lent. So it's all good. It's all good. That's great. Alan, it's uh, always a pleasure to have you, a real blessing to have you. And uh, we've had uh, you on the show a couple of times. We've uh, plowed through over 100 episodes and you've been a, a big part of that too. And we really appreciate uh, you being so generous with your time with our audience as well. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, I'm a proud Canadian and uh, we're in this together. Um, but again, the world needs saving. And so, you know, I leave you with that great Sheen quote, unless souls are saved, nothing is saved. And so uh, let's save some souls, including our own, uh, with the help of the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Well, indeed, the state of our eternal souls is all that matters in this life. So let's continue to pray not only for ourselves, because first and foremost, we've got to save our own souls, right? We've got to have a relationship with Christ and we've got to live life in a state of sanctifying grace, not mortal sin. And uh, we've got to live our lives every day like that, every second of our lives. And then, of course, we've got to pray for our spouses and our children and our families. Uh, it is so important that we lead a life of virtue. And uh, boy, Bishop Sheen, he's there to provide that voice for us even today. Like I said, he's been uh, passed on from this life for many, many years, from this earth, I should say, but he is very much alive and uh, cares for us. He loves us and he's interceding for us at the throne of God. So Bishop Sheen today is the name of the website that Alan has and uh, what so much, so many great resources there, especially if you love books. There's a lot of great compilations that Alan has put together and let's continue to pray for Alan and his apostolate as he continues to reach so many more souls with the message of the gospel through the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Well, thank you for listening to the Catholic Connect podcast. We're on X and Facebook. Subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And send me an email or send me a message anytime. Where are you listening to this podcast? What great country are you from? Uh, I love hearing from you. And that's a great thing about our church. It's such a blessing, the universality of our church. There are Catholics all over the world in every country, uh, just like the Mass. All good things come from Jesus Christ through the Mass and through the sacraments. And we've got that representation in every country. And rest assured, there's a Mass being said at every second of the day. What a blessing that is for our world and for our church that we have Jesus coming to us in such a, a real and powerful way through the Eucharist. So I continue to pray for you. If you're not a Catholic, what's stopping you from coming and joining us? I'd love to have you come and join the Catholic Church. And if you are a Catholic, you know what we've got to do. Whether it's Lent, right now we're releasing this episode in Lent. You might be listening to this episode outside of the Lenten season. But we know what we've got to do to live life in a state of grace and walk hand in hand with Jesus Christ at all times. We've got to go to confession at least three times every year. Every Lent, every Advent, and any time you're in a state of mortal sin, don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. God bless, and I'll chat with you very soon.